0: Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Garoppolo back on the field. It'll be a power eye with use check. Right behind him is Mustard from the one-yard line. Play action. Garoppolo rolling to the right. get him run it in. Dives. Touchdown. 49ers.
1: Now, back to Cofield and Company in the Finley Toyota Studio. Studio.
0: Bummer on the Raiders getting crushed by the Niners coming up. Believe me, it's not gonna be that critical. What's coming up? Uh, And some updates on the quarterback race. There's still a race with uh, Jimmy G. You hear the call there from Brett Rusberger, Jimmy G, and Trey Lance. But listen, one of the big stories in in the NFL is the quarterback situation with a bunch of clubs and this unvaccinated nonsense. And I'm sorry, wherever you stand on this, if you're a football fan and you have a team and you're like, go whoever who's not vaccinated, you're a moron. (laughs) Sorry. All stances are out the window. My quarterback, and I don't think mine is, with the Jets. This is a scary scenario going into the season. Now, the Colts are dealing with Carson Wentz injured. And now, today, we find out he's going into some kind of COVID protocol. So, let's find out. We've been counting down teams from 32 down to 1. This was before the Wentz injury. We had the Colts ranked at number 10 in the NFL. Now, Wentz, COVID issues and still dealing with uh, the injury. And Taylor Tannenbaum covers the Colts for the uh, NBC affiliate, In Indianapolis, and she gives a couple minutes here. How are you?
2: I'm good. How are you guys?
0: Uh, Annoyed. Annoyed. (laughs) I'm annoyed at all this quarterback stuff. Uh, What's it like on the ground there today now that Wentz, who's already dealing with an injury, has gone into COVID protocol?
2: Well, I would say the word is annoyed. It was funny because, you know, we had media availability around 1230-ish today, and we didn't know. And then all the media, you know, goes into our, Uh. our socially distanced media room at the complex, and it comes out at about... Right before practice, so 115. I'm pretty sure that was probably strategic. Um, <laughs> that you know they placed three players, and, and everyone in the media room just you know is is in an uproar, and it's a big sigh. And that's that's collectively probably how the city of Indianapolis is feeling, how you guys are feeling this situation, because we know that the three players that are on is now quarterback Carson Wentz, starting center and, and Pro Bowler Ryan Kelly, and then one of their reliable wide receivers in Zach Pascal, especially with. Dealing with the Ty Hilton injury that they're dealing with now, they need this guy. These are three people that they need offensively, and at this point, you know if they make it onto this list, uh, they're unvaccinated. So these are three of your leaders on offense, three of your most vocal guys, um, and and now they're on the list. Uh, and, and you hope that it's on the shorter side of five days that they are reportedly just close contacts. But if they on the fifth day come down with COVID, now it's a ten day window. Uh, you know from there. So uh, you're really gambling at that point uh, when you have a season opener in 13 days.
0: What, what was Wentz's status anyway for the first game?
2: Uh, Wentz's status was looking good, okay. honestly, looking really good. Uh, he was ahead of schedule. Uh, would have had, including last week, three weeks uh, up until the, the game that he could have been preparing. Last week he didn't do team drills, but he did everything but. Today he was prepared to start with team drills, which would really give him an idea of where he stands foot-wise. He participated in everything last week, didn't take a day off. So that just tells you, you know, he's in a pretty good spot. Uh, this just doesn't help in the fact that they're trying to rehab him back, and now you lose five days of work this week. Yeah, granted, if it's the best-case scenario, he's back Friday. They're off this weekend, all weekend. Um, so he'll be back Monday. So, you know, you, you lose a whole week, and that, that's added on to the injury that he's missed so much time with.
3: Any sense that they might move that around and switch their schedule a little bit, especially just considering like like you're saying, they're trying to work him back. He hasn't had a whole lot of practice time because he's been injured for much of training right. camp. Like they need to get him on the field with his teammates to, to get some things worked
2: out. Oh, that's true. And that also goes for their center, Ryan Kelly. The two of them, you know, have missed with injury during training camp. They missed entirely pretty much the entire training camp and now they're both out with COVID. So no, to your point, it didn't sound like they were gonna switch everything around. I know a couple of teams are taking the early part of this week off and then kind of backing everything into Labor Day weekend and then continuing into next week. But it sounds like they're just going to roll with Jacob Eason at this point. Um, and you hope that Carson's feeling good and doing some stuff on his own. He's not at the facility, but doing some stuff, I guess, in his backyard here in Indianapolis and, and hoping that you come back and his veteran status grants you the opportunity to have success against the Seahawks week one. I mean, it's not like there's a slouch coming to town that, that week.
3: So, I guess as we sit now, I have to imagine going into the season, there was, or going into the training camp, there was some optimism about this team. Like now, with everything that's gone on in camp, is that dampened? Like, is there like more negative feelings around the team now?
2: It's funny because there kind of was in the beginning when Carson originally got hurt because, you know, the the whole stigma around him with injury. And then he came back last week, and all of a sudden it was everyone came back at the same time Quentin Nelson. At guard came back. He he's looking pretty good. Like he's going to be a lock for week one. You have Carson looks like he's going to be a lock. Everyone's healthy. And then all of a sudden you get here Monday and it's like time to really go. Everyone felt optimism last week. I left training camp Wednesday feeling good, (laughs) really, really good. And then you come to today and it's, it's honestly just knocks you down a peg. And while I'm, I'm hopeful that they will ultimately be okay. They were just close contact at this point, but it's just, it's, it's just an image thing as well. You, you just get frustrated to a point where it's like, why am I supposed to rely on you and, and should I rely on you? <laughs> so I will say, I think it's an up and down wave. We will know if this happens again, how people really feel.
3: Uh, yeah. And any, any, <laughs> I mean, this is probably impossible to answer, but like any sense that some of these players are going to be like, okay, this is ridiculous. We need to get vaccinated now.
2: Yes, there are a few. Um, <laughs> I believe that, opted during training camp to start getting vaccinated. Uh, What what I've learned is, you know, if they were taking a day off and not illness-related, they would say it's it's illness-related, not related to COVID. Uh, That's because they were getting their first or second dose of a shot. Um, There was a couple of times throughout camp we had a couple guys, uh, wide receiver Paris Campbell, um, Sam Ellinger, I believe, was one of them. Um, There are some guys who I think have decided, yes, I'm going to go ahead and get it, but the ones that – that you're naming here, these guys like the Carsons, the Ryan Kellys, the Darius Leonard's of this defense um, are very strong in their stance. They have been. Um, they've been vocal about it. A few of them on social media. Uh, they don't want to get vaccinated. And so, if this happens again, very likely that it can. I mean, that's your that's your entire team right there.
0: It's amazing. <laughs> so, from a uh, from a Vegas standpoint, where are you on the win total for the season? They're over/under is nine. <laughs> Nine and eight, they they've got to go better than nine and eight to go over. And this was a team when they got Wentz. Hey, all of a sudden, maybe you're pulling even with the Titans in the division.
2: Yeah, heck yeah, I would have said over. I would yeah. have I would have said eleven and six. And if I were leaving training camp Wednesday, I would have said eleven and six. Today, if we're going to be dealing with this, I might go under because there are a couple of swing games in there that you know you you can beat the Titans twice, but potentially if you don't have your stars, you can lose to the Titans twice. There's a game like the Patriots where by the end of that, you know, the end of the season, you know, we don't know where they're going to be. That could, that could be an L if you don't have your main guys, but should be a win if you do. Um, So if you're asking me today, I think it it could be nine at this point. And, but if you're asking me if they're all healthy, I'm giving, I'm going 11 and six.
3: The, I guess I I was going to ask something positive uh, for, (laughs) for, for, for here. Um, Uh, Maybe I'm wrong about this and listen, I'm, I'm fantasy obsessed and that runs a lot of my thoughts on, on football, but I feel (laughs) like Michael Pittman is going to have a massive season and nobody else seems to be thinking that.
2: No, it's funny you say that because with the whole T.Y. Hilton dealing with a neck injury right now that I think might be a little bit worse than we think. Um, and if now with Zach Paschal, one of their receivers dealing with COVID. Uh, the big name that a lot of people are talking about is Pittman. You know, he's got to step up in his second year, and he has looked good. And we were talking to one of the linebackers today, Zaire Franklin, and he just kept saying, you know, you just watch certain guys work out in the offseason, and they just look really good, and you can tell something's different. He had, like, the biggest smile on his face talking about Pitt, and and that just tells you everything you need to know, that that's a lot of respect, especially from an, an older guy talking about a young guy like that. Um So, I agree with you. I think he's going to have a big season. You saw flashes of it towards the end last year. Um, So, I kind of would ride Pittman. The problem here is they have, they like to run the ball so much, especially if you're a fantasy person. You know, they like to run the ball so much and they spread the ball around so much that it's so hard to pick a receiver here. Um, But if we're going right now where the season's at, Pitt's going to get every single throw his way, especially because he's worked with Eason.
0: Previewing the Colts. Interesting day as uh, Carson Wentz on the COVID list. Uh, let's talk a little defense with uh, Taylor Tannenbaum, who covers the Colts in Indy. Uh, what about the first-round pick in uh, Quiddy Pay on defense?
2: Oh, he looks good. Uh, he had, I think, the best rating uh, out of all the rookies when it came down to it uh, after after the preseason, which I know we, we shouldn't look too far into. Um, but he's looking like a beast. He looks like they, they made the right move uh, drafting him, and obviously he has a lot of great people to learn from up front there. You have DeForest Buckner, you have Grover Stewart. this defense looks good, and I think that's where a lot of this frustration stems from, is, is this team has a real opportunity here to do something. Um, so Pay 10 out of 10 as of right now, and I think he's really going to surprise a lot of people this season. He, he's figuring it out fast. He's a smart dude.
3: What, what kind of feeling was there throughout the off season of how last year ended? Uh, because I, I still think they definitely should have won that game in Buffalo. And obviously Buffalo had a very good season But the Colts were up to the challenge that day and felt like they could have won. And they had a deal all off season with kind of the thought of, you know, what happened in that game and how it got away.
2: Yeah. Especially with, you know, the flags and there were certain calls that were, were kind of silly. I think, uh, you know, Frank Gregg really took ownership of that, and I think they really saw what they can do. I think there was some disappointment, but I also think that ultimately a Super Bowl wasn't a possibility last year. I don't think that they were going to make it all the way, but I think leaving that game, they realized if we change just a few things, do a couple of things differently, we're good. Um, so that leads you to this season where, you know, they made the move to get Carson, assuming he would be healthy, and, and they have every piece, Um you know, aside from this this quarterback issue, every piece is good. So I think while it was disappointing loss, I think they were okay with it because they know they're on the right track.
0: Strange question, but I want to look towards the end of the season because the Raiders do play the Colts. Yes. Is Indy a crazy town for New Year's Eve?
2: It's not. No, okay, okay. Um, <laughs> No, it's not, <laughs> yeah. unfortunately. I mean, I'm, I'm sure you can make it as crazy as you uh, want to yes, make yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Um, um, you know, but I'm sure... Uh, there's some things that go go on, but there's really no big, you know, there's no like ball drop or anything like that here. It's a pretty it's cold. It's cold. Let me just yeah. say by saying it's cold at that time. So, uh, the more things you can do inside, the better.
0: Yeah, Raiders might be the one team in the NFL playing on the road on January second, where they're like, you know, let's leave it day, like a half day early and actually go on New Year's Eve. Let's get to the. Uh... Opposing town, we're safer there than uh, maybe the players are here in Vegas, where it gets a little bit crazy.
2: <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised because it is extremely um, low key here. So hey, come on over for New Year's. The part this is where the parties at. Maybe I don't know. I will.
3: I will make this case though. I I've been accused of hating every Midwestern town, which Whoa. is completely unfair since I am a Detroit native and I I love my people back there. <laughs> uh, I will say this: Indy is a very cool downtown. It's awesome. It is. Are you sure? Yes.
2: It is. It's it's walkable. It's it's pretty neat. There's a lot of cool places to go and see. And and you know there's more more monuments. I think it's only second to Washington D.C. Um, it's a pretty cool spot. They did a great job. They they're a great host city. Uh, we have a lot of fun here when we do host big events. Um, it's just a little chilly, and that's the only that's the only bad thing I can say. So just bring a coat, and you're good to go.
0: Are you guys gonna be mad when we steal the combine from you every year? Sorry.
2: Um... I I have no comment.
0: Yeah, you will be. You will be. It's a big, it, is, I, I, it, it is a big <laughs> event for Indianapolis. Vegas doesn't have to have everything, all right? Come on now.
2: I know, but, but, hey, it gives people a reason to go to Vegas. That's the thing.
0: Yeah, well, we could use the events for sure. Uh, Taylor, <laughs> we, we appreciate it. Really good preview, and uh, this will be a, a fascinating follow throughout the season, it sounds like it.
2: Hey, yeah, it's going to be an interesting season. So uh, if you like COVID, then follow <laughs> the Colts.
0: Yeah, it's a mess. All
2: right, Taylor, thank you. <laughs> Thank you, guys.
0: I mean, there's no getting around it. Again, this is a scenario we started talking about four months ago, Adam. Of course. And you know, this show may be uh, a little, you know, crazy and covering the stuff, but I don't know, man. I look at it from a gambling standpoint, and like I said, I I think there's six or seven teams that you cannot bet during the week. That you have to wait until Saturday to make sure that these quarterbacks are good to go and that they haven't, they don't have an issue and they haven't wiped out the quarterback room. I mean, I think it's fair. I think I think it's almost every team, though. I mean, you're right. It's the teams that have
3: quarterbacks that aren't vaxxed that are the real issue because quarterbacks are what it determines. But if
0: there's teams that have five or six guys... It, I Well, if it's, a, if it's a quarterback, all of a sudden you, you talk about your offensive line. Quentin Nelson was down for a few days because Eric Fisher, who's freaking rehabbing, tested positive. Yeah, it, it's it's completely crazy. And it's
3: like somebody... I, I I saw a tweet this week from somebody that went after a national media person... That said, I'm sick of you talking about COVID and vaccinations. Talk about sports. And I retweeted, I said, Hold on. If you don't think COVID and vaccinations are a sports issue, what have you been paying attention Seattle's to? Seattle's two and a
0: half get week one against the Colts. That's lunacy. Well, but now but but it's but it's part of Wentz's injury and now Wentz's question mark if he's gonna be ready for the freaking game. Yeah, and every week. You don't think that's crazy that Seattle's two and a half against the Colts? If the Colts were operating under normal circumstances, they're not. They're not getting two and a half in, in the home opener. Sure, but you, just, you have so no again, idea. So again, to go back to the tweeter, that's sports. Of course, it that's is. That's gambling. It's
3: affecting what you watch. Yeah, and and if you're criticizing teams for vaccinations, it's not based on whether you believe in vaccinations or not. It's based on whether you want to see them play on Sunday or not. That that's what's relevant right now. A lot of guys are not going to be able to play games because they chose not to get vaccinated. That's crazy.
1: Dustin DeHart of Nova Home Loans brings you the 4 o'clock football frenzy. Dial 702-577-2600 now. Home prices have never been higher and interest rates have never been lower. Get your mortgage tune-up today by calling 577-2600. I felt excellent. Today was my first real reps. I took a few of my first, like, practice reps this week. Been getting reps here and there, but today it was just like, throw them in the fire, and uh, it felt great. Um, Knocking the rust off, felt really good. I was just back in my element. After a while, I was just like, all right, let's go. Now, back to Coalfield and Company in the Finley Toyota studio. There you go, one of your favorite guys,
0: Adam Hill, Gerald McCoy. Great energy. Getting back into the groove. Well, you raved a couple weeks ago about it. His, uh, his presser intro to the media. And you just said he was a fascinating guy to listen to. You know, had a real good attitude. Uh, we're going to do roster projections in a little bit. He's going to make the team, huh?
3: I have my mind for sure. I'm squarely on the team. I, you know, I thought it was interesting. You know, they kept about 30 guys home yesterday, which you would assume all 30 of those guys made it. And then the guys that were on the field are kind of yesterday. Is, it was yesterday? Yes, yes. yeah, it yeah. like Sunday. <laughs> that's how long, that felt a long time ago. Um, So you you felt the guys that were on the field yesterday are like, okay, they're still fighting for their job if they weren't left home. And a lot of people might have been surprised that Joe McCoy was actually one of the guys that was playing, but he hadn't played. They they wanted to get some reps, and he wanted to get some reps. He talked about how excited he was just to get out on the field and play. Uh, And I think that they also wanted to see, hey, listen, we know what he's done in the past, but it's been a while since he played a game. He's working his way back from a major injury. How's he going to look? And listen, he wasn't going against. Early on, he was going against some starters. As the game wore on, he was going against some backups. You'd expect him to dominate. He did. So that's. I think that's what you wanted to see out of McCoy. Uh, I'd be stunned if he was left off the roster now, unless there's, you know, if he was hurt after the game, sore, you know, didn't react well to playing. Like those are things we don't know. But I mean, he. I thought he looked great out on the field.
0: So we just did a Colts preview. We had them in our preseason voting way back as a number ten team in the NFL. It's probably a little high right now with the mess that they're going through. We kind of we jumped ahead on the story just again to remind people um, today: Carson Wentz, Ryan Kelly, and Zach Paschal all on the reserve COVID nineteen list. Don't know exactly how long they're out for, but uh, it certainly it's a wrench in the plans. Again, Wentz back earlier and. There was a good shot that he was going to play in the opener on the 12th against Seattle. So, we'll see what that does for them now. And Allinger's down. So, Jacob Eason's going to be the guy. Huh. Looks like it, right? Unless they can get Wentz ready to go in a, in a real hurry. So, you uh, you seem to scoff at the two-and-a-half line that I mentioned before the break. Seattle two-and-a-half. What would, what would that number be if Wentz is playing? I think it would probably be pick. Okay. Probably it's but, tough but no. To say. But would you argue that there's only a two and a half point difference between Jacob Eason and Wentz, like true, like true odds? No, but I think the the it was built into the line.
3: You don't know if Wentz would play one, right. or how he would play. So it's built in. A, it it's built in with a possibility that he plays, right, and a possibility that he plays but is not good, right. He hasn't been able to practice. He's he's uh, has an injury that they thought might cause him to miss, you know, two thirds of the season and he's rushing his way not rushing but they feel like he's healthy but you know he's back way ahead of schedule how's he going to look how's he going to look without reps you know missing basically the entire offseason on a new team um also has and we know that you know receivers don't really matter unless they are the elite of the elite but he is dealing with the fact that TY Hilton who's the most experienced receiver they have there is not going to be playing so i mean there is a lot of factors kind of working against Carson Wentz so i don't i don't think you build in a fully healthy Carson Wentz to the line. You built in, you know, a hampered, uh, you know, kind of uh, slowed Carson Wentz. Um, And, like, there's questions about the offensive line. And one thing we know, just looking back on, you know, on Carson Wentz throughout his career, a lot of people say, oh, Jekyll and Hyde, up and down, everything else. It's really not. It's not at all. It's when he has a good offensive line, he's among the best quarterbacks in the league. And when he doesn't, he's among the worst quarterbacks in the league. There's not much mystery to the Carson
0: Wentz narrative. Kyle Shanahan hinting at the possibility that we could see more of what we saw with Garoppolo and Trey Lance in and out as starting quarterback. I think the first 24 plays uh, they were in, like the split was like 14-10. Now we've got an update. It looks like Trey Lance has an injury. He's got a chip missing in a finger. I don't know what the hell that means. but It sounds, sounds painful. Yeah, football players are different pretty good <laughs> I mean, not, not that you're not tough because you had like a shredded, whatever that was, calf or something. Calf. You were walking around without a boot, without real medical care. Well, I actually. Got but you're not, you weren't being asked to explode. Against uh, you know some offensive or defensive lineman, you were you had to swiftly move past me in the studio. You'd actually be surprised. Not really, the same thing. I actually got it checked
3: out by a, by a professional. You'd be surprised. It was
0: that bad. I was going to say that means it really hurt and it looked really bad. <laughs> yeah, it's true. Yeah, so I, you would assume now Trey Lance would be a little behind Garoppolo. Well, Does it make any sense that they were gonna they're gonna play both of them? By the way, I'm like two months in yeah.
3: to, to mine, and I'm still not back to my full uh, explosiveness. No, the the like the the length of walks I was going on when I got hurt. Uh, not back, not fully back yet. <laughs> two months in To walking. Trey, Trey Lance is like, ah, missing part of my finger. I'll be back next week. Okay. What do you think about a rotation? I mean, I I wouldn't be shocked. It it really does. And it depends on, I think sometimes it depends on the player. Like a lot of quarterbacks talk about rhythm and, you know, it takes them out of their game and everything else. And I think that's certainly possible. I wonder if it doesn't bother Garoppolo as much, if they've talked to him about it, um, or if he's just saying, hey, listen, I have to do, like the other option is that I'm backing up, backing him up. I don't love that. So let's try to make this work the best. Because I think, like the way I was watching the game, and you can't base it on how successful it was. Because obviously the Raiders didn't have their, their key players in. The Raiders weren't prepared for it. The Raiders weren't even you know, specifically game planning for the Niners offense. So like, you can't really judge by how it, how it went, the fact that they were very successful doing it. But you can judge on how smooth the offense lined up and how ready they were to go despite changing quarterbacks every play. And they looked like they were absolutely ready. I, I would say based on how it went, they had to have been doing this in training camp. They had to have practiced it because it was incredibly smooth the way that they operated, going back and forth. And you could tell. And again, no preparation from the defense. They weren't. They weren't game planning this. They weren't ready for it. But you could tell that they're like
0: every play. Like all right, who are they? What is what is this now? What did is, you like? You could tell. Did you see the play that people are pointing to, saying that Trey Lance followed through, hit someone's helmet, was shaking the hand? Uh, no, I didn't see that. Matt Mayoko, who covers the Niners, has covered him forever. Said it looked as if Trey Lance was holding his thumb after his throwing hand hit a helmet. It's a microchip of a bone, a small fracture. Shanahan would not reveal which finger. I mean, what are we doing here? <laughs> it's great. The well, games. That means his thumb.
3: What? It's the most important one. It was. Okay. I think it was a different. If it was a different finger, you would just say it. All right. I, I've. I've. And that could be wrong, of course. This is a complete guess. But, like, you have to – I think one of the things of sitting in press conferences every day, um,
0: which, you, you know, learn, between you've the nights – You've learned to speak – Between the nights and the I was going Raiders. to say you've learned to speak footballese, but no. no. That, hockey is – well, hockey is even worse with yeah. the lower and upper body injuries. But you, you kind of start to – Day-to-day, week-to-week, month-to-month.
3: Just like we just had Taylor on covering the Colts, and she said when they would say illness, not COVID-related, and they miss a day – you learn, oh, that's they were getting vaccinated today. Like you learn that language. Interesting. And so yeah, in this case I would say that's probably the thumb. <laughs> doesn't it sorry. Doesn't it also give him plausible deniability if it like what finger is it? Uh, I'm not gonna say. Because it's not a finger.
0: It's a thumb. That's a good point. <laughs> uh Saints Packers update. We haven't seen anything, right? Not, nothing official on a move for week one? Not could yet. Be, could be uh, Cherry Dome. Be interesting. A lot of the other venues close by are taken up. Saints will be practicing at Cowboy Stadium for the next three days. Now we do know because of the hurricane that Oklahoma and Tulane has moved, and uh, Tulane now practicing in Birmingham, Alabama. It's, it's so this has screwed rough. up a, a lot of football programs. Uh, probably not the most important story of all no. since there's been incredible yeah. devastation and flooding and uh, New Orleans is in a uh, terrible power situation. So we've seen this before, right? Where uh, these storms affect college football programs for a while. So yeah did you, uh, did you see like the, the video and they showed like a slow-mo
3: video of a roof just ripping off of a building? It's crazy what that, that devastation is like. And again, we don't, have a full sense of exactly what all happened because they can't even go out and inspect everything yet. So um could be, could be that, hey, they dodged a bullet and things didn't go as badly as they had feared. And it could be that there's way worse damage than they expect, and that's why we're not getting any true updates yet.
0: Ari says the Jags really believe in Trevor Lawrence and not in Minshew. That's why Minshew was dealt. This was pitched as a real quarterback battle and that eh, Lawrence might not start. I find this whole deal completely fascinating. Which part of it? Well, one, I, I said the whole time, there's they have to trade Minshew because they can probably get something for him. But the team that gets him are the Eagles, which means the Eagles are virtually out, I think, on Deshaun Watson. We'll hit on the Watson rumors in the Big Five. But then what happened with – so are they confident in Hurts but not confident in Flacco? Is Minshew being brought in as, like, a real insurance policy? Like, what happened with the Eagles quarterback room? They're like, where they want to trade a sixth with a, you know, condition conditionally it could be a fifth for Minshew mania. Is there any chance, in your mind, this is just my Ooh, potential thought. I didn't think of this. God. I'm, I'm now I'm trying to predict what you're going to say. God, What do you think I'm going to say? Uh, that the Eagles could trade for Deshaun Watson yes. and get rid of Hurts in the deal, but yeah. not knowing when Watson will play, they had to get another guy who could start.
3: I mean, I don't even have to be here.
0: (laughs) That's exactly what I was going to say.
3: That they they were setting up
0: the... You should have just cut me off violently and said, No, you're wrong!
3: (laughs) That they're setting up the possibility of, Hey, if we lose Jalen Hurts and don't have another quarterback, I don't know if Flacco's the guy. uh, Let's have another quarterback here in case we have to trade Jalen Hurts. He
0: might be onto something. Thank you. Deshaun Watson, healthy, cleared of all charges. None of that stuff weighing on his mind. No more massages. Uh, he's definitely a top 100 player. <laughs> he's a top 5. No, not top 5 overall. Top 5 quarterback. No, top 5. Top 5
3: overall? Well, the way that they do it. I should preface that. Sure.
0: How? how okay, in the case of ESPN, how did they do it? Because they put out their own top 100 NFL players. It wasn't quite
3: as bad as the NFL Network one, which again was players and all the time, when people are like, "You don't play, you don't know," and the players continue to be dumber and dumber every single year. Like the quarterback, I understand quarterbacks are very important. They're not the best. It's a different, it's a different category. And so when you put whatever it was, thirteen quarterbacks in the top one hundred, like it should almost all be offensive and defensive linemen. There should like there should be corners in there. Like that's that's what you should be looking. It's it's crazy that they continue to put so many quarterbacks. Uh ESPN one was a little bit better, I think, not as quarterback focused, but there certainly was quarterbacks near the top of the list. Um I think Deshaun Watson is a top three quarterback. I don't I don't think there's any doubt about it. Um it's it's Mahomes, Rodgers, and Watson. Those are the three. You love Deshaun Watson. He's amazing. Um but I would say he's definitely a top fifteen player, top I would say top ten, but top fifteen, top twenty.
0: And he's, he's that much there. better than Derek Carr, who didn't make the top hundred? Derek Carr's not a top 100 player? He didn't make either. Either list. Players list or the ESPN list. What do you think
3: of that? Um, I mean, I get it. Like he, He's right. He's not in the middle of the pack. He's a top half of the league quarterback to me, for sure. Like Some you know,
0: Raiders fans have him as high as 8 or 9 or 10. Sure.
3: I would say like 12 to 14. Okay, He's right in that mix. He's really, really good. Um, but again, I don't. I don't think there needs to be 15 quarterbacks in the top 100. I think that's very disproportionate. Mm-hmm. More disrespect for Carr. Team Carr, pissed off. By the, by the way, Josh Jacobs not on the
0: list either. I noticed that. I noticed. Uh, we did a fantasy football draft over the weekend. I noticed Josh Jacobs wasn't getting a lot of respect. He hasn't been in. in that was a lot interesting. Of and then, and then you made a run at uh, Kenyon Drake. Hmm. I wonder what that says.
1: The crew over at Finley Toyota speak Spanish, Thai, and even Persian. In fact, they speak 14 different languages. Come in and talk the universal language of big savings today. One owns a meat slicer, the other an air fryer. It's the Fat Pack on Cofield and Company. Brought to you by Nova Home Loans.
0: You might
2: have to update that
0: with Leon the voice guy.
1: Does he not listen? Come on, dude. Send
0: us some new reads. The air fryer's a big deal, but the mini, uh, I told you a couple times now, the mini waffle maker, its uh, it's been a game changer. Sure. So we I were actually it. talking about, because uh, we just like to have, Oh, I don't know, dozens if we can, dozens of kitchen appliances. So we were actually thinking of now investing in a double mini waffle maker so we can make stuff even more quickly. <laughs> I made some. I made some. I made some little egg waffles today. Oh, I've made those. Very delicious. Oh, they're good. I made an. I made an egg. Uh, what was an an egg waffle turkey bacon taco. That sounds good. It wasn't bad. Wait, you, Very plain. Was there a tortilla or you just used Ooh, that as no, the taco? The, the egg waffle is the taco. Right. It's like I'm going back to the uh, – everything Everything I do is inspired by the double down from KFC. Sure. Remember the scalding hot chicken that you would just eat with your bare hands? Well, that was the bun. <laughs> there was no bun. <laughs> there was no lettuce. There was no tortilla. There was no pita. There's just your hands on scalding hot chicken. Or there was something between the chicken though, right? If I remember correctly. I don't think so. I thought there was. What do you think? I the thought chicken that was, was the split? Bun. You think the chicken was split? No, it basically just came in like a like a sleeve that you would put like a hash brown in. Here you go. Oh, no, there's definitely. Here's the hot chicken. Okay. Here's a hot chicken
3: breast. Grab it. It's two pieces of fried chicken filet. Mm-hmm. That that was the bun.
0: And then what was in between? A piece of cheese? Bacon, cheese, and sauce. Oh, I don't remember that. Yeah. Is that right? Okay. Yeah. But That's still, what it was. The double down. The, the, the double was The, the viability of grabbing it without like. Hot mitts. It made it tough. Or well, some napkins. That's just because you would
3: order and then you would just grab it out of the bag at the drive. I'm not going
0: to let it cool down because I love hot food. You're, so supposed, stuck. To, you're supposed to wait until you get home. No, no no,
3: no, no, no. I, I want my food
0: hot. Well, uh, I don't for, here's the thing. I don't forget. I don't forget. Things that don't work, I don't forget. Uh, New Orleans, apparently. You think this was a setup? Was this a work? It worked. It's it's too perfect. So you have this mad rush you know, around Louisiana. It sucks, man. Hurricanes coming. I mean, I don't know what the hell I would do. It's like you you, you hunker down, you stay there, you, you try to go and buy as many supplies as possible. So they got a video of a convenience store. The racks of chips, completely empty. You look on the bottom and there are, I guess, Anthony Davis branded ruffles. And there were like four bags. That was the only thing that was left. People are like that. I mean, talk about, talk about holding a grudge. Even in the I worst need, of times, I need times. food desperately. Anthony Davis, Ugh. hate that guy. Even in
3: the worst of times, I I can't. That's a good sports fan. Can't do it. Those are great sports fans. Which part you can't do the Anthony Davis ruffles? That's what they're saying. Yeah, they're like, they're like even in no matter how bad this gets, if it's the last food on earth, still not doing it. I wonder if
0: uh, I wonder if any of the wrapper chips were left. Oh, those are good. Are they? Have you tried them? No, but <laughs> they look good.
3: Well, like, you like the packaging. I like the branding. You're
0: a sucker for the packaging,
3: just like the uh, the uh, the wine that celebrates criminals and crimes of the past. Yeah, those are good too. The Snoop Dogg one, Yeah. great.
0: God, I saw that advertised. Uh, I thought it was a West Coast thing, but I guess it's a national brand, huh? Yeah. Oh yeah. I saw some ball game in the uh, in the East. They had the uh, the brand. No, maybe it was at the airport. I don't know. <laughs> I get confused. Um, all right, so. Listen, hurricanes, are they're not fun. These are terrible things. Uh, but we are, on this show, fascinated by the coverage. Sure. You love it. Love it. You love it. And, my God, Al Roker. Can someone look up Vast Research Crew? Is Roker 70? Gotta be. They had him out there on the front end before it hit New Orleans. I'm watching the, the coverage. I'm like... Why is Roker doing this? He's sixty-seven. Poor Al. Like right up against some kind of bank embankment with water flowing on him. I'm like, he's gonna go washed out. <laughs> so I'll tell you, got really mad. Arash, our buddy Arash, got really mad. He he tends to. Get well, upset I don't. Is this things. is this the this is the the hill you die on? Is it hurricane coverage the new Arash? What does that mean? Was old Arash didn't care about people? Yeah. No. So. She's, well, you know him well, so I'll just take that as sure. fact. Uh, Arash, with the mighty 1090, formerly of the LA Times and ESPN, a regular on Cofield and Company, a favorite of—I uh, won't say that part. Um, Arash said, "You can have a fixed camera or a drone showing the impact of the devastating hurricane while a meteorologist and/or reporter talks about it without put human without putting human beings in harm's way for a news hit." Bruh, what about yourself? <laughs> okay, is, is Arash onto something, or is it time to tell him to? STFU on this one. Well, you, you love these. I do love it. And I, you know what? I think weather people love these moments. Of course. And that's what I was getting at. Cantori's life. His whole life. Everything I actually was going to say, his mere existence depends on these moments. I, I think that's the part that he's missing is that. Okay, that, that might have been a little too much. I think Cantori would live without being in the elements. But I don't think he would. It, it is an know, integral part of his career. Nobody would know who he is. Yeah, you know he gets. I was. I never watched the Weather Channel, uh, and I actually I saw a, a description of what the Weather Channel is. And Cantori gets top billing, of course. He's been parodied on, on SNL. It's Cantori, Stephanie Abrams. Is it is there an S or is it like? Can we look that up too? Let's get the Abrams. Okay, that He's good. Wrong. Yeah, but they get the top billing on the Weather Channel. Cantori sure. gets top billing. He would just be another bald guy on TV. But I think that, if not for the hurricanes, he, he's—I'm kidding—he's very good. But is—is is rush onto something here? Like, are we—are we this close to um, someone just getting swept away in a hurricane? Or like, I watched a report: a lady was—I uh, think on Canal Street, one of the main drags—as you know, things were starting to pick up. It wasn't like full hurricane yet, and she's like, she actually. Popped her head a little bit. She's like, "I do have a hard hat on. <laughs> like, we actually have these new helmets, so in case something comes down and hits us, we do have a hard hat." Yeah, it's smart. You, you, you need, I mean, there's debris flying everywhere. You should. Yeah. I, I think
3: Arash is kind of looking at it like these reporters are like have no choice in, and they're just being sent out here and like get out in the wind. Like, no, I don't want to be out there. Like, that's not what's, what's generally happening. <laughs> generally, I, I think first of all, the reporters do like. like you go into the news business to cover things like this. Now, not necessarily hurricanes. Cantori, yes, uh, that's what he does. But I mean, for, hurricanes, floods, blizzards—yeah, like this is why for a weather person for sure. Tornadoes for, for a reporter, this is why you're getting into the business. Earthquakes, mudslides. You're not. You're not getting into the business to every night go on TV and be like, "It's gonna be hot tomorrow." Like you're
0: in it for these kind of things. Don't really know a weather person who does that, but go ahead. They should. That's yeah. gonna, it's gonna, it's gonna be hot tomorrow. It's what the weather people here should do. Monitor. Yes,
3: uh, but yeah, the, this you go into it to cover things like this. You want to be a part of covering the story. You want to be out there uh, on the streets covering the story. And so, like, yeah, you're. I get what Arash is saying, but these are not people that are like being forced into labor. There, like this is these could be like the highlight of your career covering something like this. Now, when you see something like I don't know if you saw if you're watching a uh, Shaq Brewster this morning, uh, one of my favorite reporters on on MSNBC. He's always in the uh, he's always in the uh, the action. Uh, And he was out there on the beach today in some high winds, and a guy just pulls his truck up next to him and starts screaming, you better report this accurately. Like, okay. And he got, like, right in his face screaming. Report what accurately? Uh, I I guess the hurricane damage. (laughs) I don't know what he's talking about. Uh, But he, like, got right in his face. Like, don't over-report or don't under-report? I'm not sure what what his point was. I wish they would have gone to him, but he, like, started to almost get physical with Shaq. And Shaq was trying to, he was trying to, like, finish the report, Yeah. and finally just goes, uh, we're going to have to send this back to you guys. Like, I don't know what's going on here. And the guy that got like, right up in him, like those are the kind of things
0: where you're like, all right, this this is not what reporters should so be subjected to. It's not the weather or the elements. It's some person on the street that you have to be afraid of. That's what I would be some most afraid of. Some guy in a truck. Of. Yeah, that's what I'd be most afraid of. There's a guy in a truck over here. Like It wasn't one of those moments. W- they need to the, hire the, Angel. The most famous, uh, <laughs> yeah, Angel's tough, or, or MoTeC. Um, one of the most famous scenes that we've seen in, in hurricane and flood coverage mm-hmm. was... Whatever, it was 10 years ago. There's a, a reporter in a boat rowing along, you know, rowing along, and then people just walk by. And the right. water's literally like it's a foot deep. But they were lying about how how, yeah, how, how bad, bad the. Was. The, the <laughs> only way we can get our ass in a boat. Someone walks right through the shot. Yeah. All right. You don't want to see that. So the vote is thumbs up or thumbs down with a rush? Thumbs down, as always. So mind your own business.
1: Of course. Join the conversation on Twitter at ESPN Las Vegas. It's Cofield and Company's eye on sports gambling.
0: I'm going to kill your bookmaker. I'm going to rip his throat out. I will step on his throat until the man chokes. Let me tell you how. Winners, 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 winners. Free, 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 free. Hi, on Sports Betting today, brought to you by our friends at Ford Country. Remember, Darren Millard. From the VGK Insiders, part of the Golden Knights broadcast crew. He's going to be at Ford Country in Henderson. Meet and greet along with Shea Theodore. How cool is that? Very cool. That's this Wednesday, 5 to 6.30, Darren Millard, along with Shea Theodore. Meet and greet. Ford Country, 280 North Gibson, 280 North Gibson in Henderson. So mark it down Wednesday from 5 o'clock until 6.30. We are going to get into Jake Paul and Tyron Woodley in just a little bit. We're going to talk some Raiders and also fighting with our buddy from SiriusXM on their combat channel, RJ Clifford. I want your take on the fight here in a second. But I did want to point out that uh, it's now official. The NFL announced agreements with BetMGM, PointsBetUSA, WinBet, and FoxBet. Let me say it again. FoxBet. That one's interesting. Because way back when, because this has taken, what, you know, 13 years for this all to come together? No, like 13 months. It (laughs) it has been, I mean, for us in Vegas, we're like, what has happened? The NFL hated Vegas and sports gambling. Juice them in, they're good to go. Fox bet. And games are on Fox. Hmm. You... Presented a scenario a while ago just from um, an integrity look, the optics, right? If Fox and FoxBet were really aligned and, like, the powers that be at Fox had knowledge of which side, you know, they could be on, maybe the this side or that side. I know you pointed out a scenario probably 18 months ago. You're like, hey, uh, you know, you never want to feel as a viewer or better that, you know, could instant replay be affected?
3: F- Fox is like, hmm, hmm, this camera angle is really going to screw us. If people, see, if the replay officials see this camera angle, we're screwed on the side that we need in this game. Camera went out.
0: Now, this sounds absurd, and I don't think it would happen. It, shouldn't. it sounds absurd, and I don't think it would happen, but there are people out there who assume there's a conspiracy and everything. The, the line of separation between... The gambling entities, the sports books, and the sport itself have been blurred massively. Am I worried about it? No. I am. But I'm sure there are people out there who are like, wait a second. This is a super tight partnership. I thought it was really interesting today. And, man, did he get a lot of hate back. Tony Dungy sent out, when I came into the league, the NFL had a stance against gambling. Now it seems like we've accepted it. I realize it's legal now, but we've all seen the damage gambling can do to lives. I don't think we should be promoting it, and a bunch of pro-gambling people went after him, and then you know, then people went after his stance on you know same-sex marriage, and it got it got real ugly. But uh, that is that is one view, you know, that is an old-school view, and that that was the view of the NFL supposedly out front. Now all of a sudden, now you've got a partnership with four different books. Love that MGM, um, but you know. The Fox Bet one is the one that's intriguing. When you start getting, you know, you, these partnerships, the, there's just no line anymore. You, you also have to look into like ownership and that sort of thing because a lot
3: of other people have financial interest in these things. And, I, and I'll, I'll tell you this: several
0: owners have interest just, in
3: sports books. Just so people know, and I know this for a fact. This is not speculation. This is not you know something else. This is I you know I know a lot of sportsbook directors and things like that in town. Most of them have corporate owners, right? I know this for a fact that many of these sportsbook directors, part of their job. Part of their job on a daily basis is when there's a big game on TV or really any NFL game, things like that. But any big game that's on TV, they have to send a report to their corporate interests and say, here's what we need in this game. Here's what we need in this game. We need this game because it'll knock out parlays. We need this because of this. They get a report as soon as the game kicks off because the betting's closed on everything that they need financially. Because all the all, of course all the corporate people want to know what they're supposed to cheer for. That tells my bottom line. This is great. Right. So they all of these people know this when the game kicks off. So let's just say, and perception is very important. It's just as important as reality sometimes. But let's say the executives at Fox and Fox Bet, and I have no idea what their what their breakdown in terms of does Fox network actually own it? Like what's the right. what's the correlation? All those things. But if us as viewers and as betters and as fantasy players, even because I'm sure they'll have props and things like that, if us as viewers know what side the book needs and what side Fox Network needs in the game, and all of a sudden, like, we, how many times have we seen an instant replay where, like, ah, oh, we just don't have the right angle? It happens all the time, and in the past, you're like, oh, that's just it; just they didn't have the replay. What are you going to do? But now. If they're like, well, we just don't have the right angle. In your mind, you immediately should be like, wait a minute. Do you not have it or you're not showing it? Because I know you need this side. You can't have that perception out there. You can't.
0: Five o'clock hours on the way. Adam's going to give us some Raiders roster projections. And we did get a chance to talk to... uh Marcus Arreo, the head coach at UNLV, they've got their opener this Thursday right here on ESPN Las Vegas. Uh, We'll have comments from the coach and also from his two quarterbacks as they still have not decided on who will be getting the lion's share of the snaps. Hell, who's even going to be walking out on the field as the first guy at quarterback on
1: Thursday. Finley Toyota, they'll do anything to sell you a car. No Toyota problem is too tough, too large, or too small. Keep your Toyota running like a Toyota.